0: Hey guys, John and the Macri coming at you from the Vivid Seat studio. I uh, just want to make a quick announcement, even though we do talk about it on the pod. Um, this is a very special crossover episode. So, This is the Posting and Toasting guys coming on the Knicks Film School podcast and talking about some restricted free agents. Um, and we talked about it for about an hour on our pod, and then you're going to be able to hear the second half of this baby on the Posting and Toasting Show with the guys, uh, Schwinney and Drew Steele, um, that is going to be released on Monday. So, if you are not subscribed to the Posting and Toasting Show, make sure you do so, because that is an awesome podcast as well, and uh, it's kind of the yin to our yang and uh, we have a lot of fun on this episode, as you will soon hear. Um, anyway, um, so be sure to check that out when it comes out. And before we get to the show, make sure you use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. Let's get to the show. <music> I can't even get through this with a straight face. How are you? Um, It's your boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast, but it's not just an episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. This is a crossover episode, which I think I've attempted to do a couple times over the year that I've been recording these things, but um, this is just way more special than any of those because of the esteemed guests that we have on, and then myself and someone else will be esteemed guests on their show. And I'm just gonna stop explaining and, uh, and get right <laughs> to it. Yeah, that's, that's about right, par for the course. Uh, so first, my uh, compatriot in arms, Jeremy Cohen. Jeremy, how are you? Great,
1: doing great. How you doing, John?
0: Oh, I'm I'm wonderful. I've made myself uh, four cups of coffee that I have poured into a large mug. I am I am ready to get us through this. We're recording this on a Wednesday evening. Um, and now, God, which of these guests is more special? I guess it depends on the word of what what you want the word special to mean. Um, let's start by intru- – you know what? I'm going to give you guys the choice. Somebody say something.
2: This is the crossover event since Briscoe and Green – met up with Benson and Stabler in oh an episode God. of Law and & Order. And like, the, this the is.
0: Homicide crossover. <laughs> I, that, you know, I watched that, Law & Order on T V over the summer when I'm home watching my daughter, and that was on this summer, and I love that uh, episode.
3: I watched so much Law & Order this summer.
0: Oh, my God. It's, it's, it never gets old. Um, so in case you can't tell, um, this is, those are the voices of the – and I kid around, but they're, I could talk to these guys all the time because they're great – uh, you know him as Shwinnie Poo uh, from Posting and Toasting, and of course, Drew Steele. They are the hosts of the Posting and Toasting. Um, what's the name of your actual show? I should probably know that. The Posting and Toasting Show? I, that's what I thought it was, but I didn't, <laughs> want to, I didn't want to you know, speak ill here. So here's how this is going to work. Um, we are going to have half of the episode uh, on the feed that you're listening to right now. And then you're going to be able to listen to the second half, uh, which will be released uh, via the Posting and Toasting Shows feed on um, Monday of next week. And uh, I, I guess – well, who actually came up with this idea? I guess it was one of you guys, right?
3: It was probably uh, me since I'm the idea man. Nah,
0: it,
2: was, it
3: was actually my idea because I just – I'm a loser and I like stuff like this. Oh, um, yeah, no,
2: that was you because you you thought of the idea in Slack. Yeah, And then I was like, we should have on Macri. Then you're like, we should have on Jeremy. And then we were like, let's do a crossover episode. So,
0: yeah. Well, you, you so, came You came to the right losers for this because this is up mine and Jeremy's alley anyway. So why don't you tell the, the fine folks at home what exactly we're going to be talking about today? Twin, uh, take it away.
3: Yep. So we're just going to be talking about uh, basically – Guys that are heading into the final year of their rookie contracts. Um, so they would all be restricted free agents uh, next summer. And trying to see if, you know, any of these guys make sense for the Knicks to trade for uh, before the deadline or maybe just throw a huge offer sheet at next summer uh, in the hopes that their team doesn't match. And obviously, uh, as we know, that always works out well for the Knicks, like with Tim Hardaway. So.
0: Um, <laughs>
3: definitely something that we want to talk about
0: you were on the timmy train for a while i there, was Kevin.
3: i was i was i was i I still think you know i don't we don't need to get into it, but i it was we brought him in to be something and then k p like died, and yeah, it was just not really a good good spot
0: so actually on that note the one the one actually no the first thing I wanted to do was to have a moment of silence for Lance Thomas's next career oh God fuck that <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> a moment of
3: silence. I, fucking popping champagne over wasn't here. Wasn't the
0: entire summer a moment of
1: silence? Like, you didn't receive a single call from the Knicks. I feel like that was a long enough time of mourning period. And now you move on. You know what? <laughs>
0: I, I I hope you all get to meet Lance one day, and he makes you feel awful about your life choices, about this and generally. That's all I have to I say. I mean, I already do that well to myself. So. That's, a, that's a, <laughs> it's a good point. All right, now that we've gotten that out of the way. I want to meet
3: Lance Thomas just so I can ask him like how it feels to have stolen money from an NBA team for his entire <laughs> fucking career. You're
0: a terrible—you really are a terrible— I've you know, I, I I, had I, the pleasure of meeting The only thing
3: more him. terrible than me as a person is Lance Thomas as an NBA basketball player.
0: You know what, though? culture that's all i got Yeah. listen they grow what culture. culture they grow culture on the roof of the Barclays center that's that's the only thing i can imagine that i cuz i see it every day there's some growing on the fucking roof i'm guessing it's culture so i think they're going to put lance thomas up there with a with a rake and a hoe and some seeds um,
3: yeah is that is that where they're going to put the statue of jared dudley too <laughs>
0: Okay, we we've already gone off the rails. Um, I do actually on your Tim Hardaway point. I want to make actually a, a semi-serious point just to to um, not preface the discussion, but something to just keep in mind that like you you made a really good point, and feel free to chime in on this if I if I butcher this. Tim Hardaway was brought aboard to do something, and actually for a while he was doing it, and the Knicks were. <laughs> I can't believe this. They were a good team for a while when him and KP were healthy and. You know, the whole thing was rolling, and then it all went to shit. But um, I think it's just an important thing, obviously, to keep in mind that without, you know, them um, getting things on the right track on the court this season, I don't think any of the guys we're going to talk about today— well, I shouldn't even say that because maybe you guys will disagree. But it, it, for my estimation, um, these are not—we're not, not going to be talking about any franchise rescuers um, here today. These are it, it's more like let's assume that things go there's a modicum of success that occurs this year and we don't need to get into what exactly that looks like, but you know and, and we're we're kind of um imagining out a little bit that like certain you know enough things went went right that the idea of bringing in one of these guys as a whatever banana, you know, it, it makes sense. Is that does that make sense is, is that fair, I guess? Let me first ask that.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, like, I mean the, the reality is if you're trying to poach somebody in restricted free agency, you're they're they're not, they're probably not like a franchise level talent or have that upside. Um, that doesn't mean they can't be like, they might still be, you know, maybe you think they could be an all-star, but they're kind of like a most likely a, a second banana on a, second round exit level good team and a third banana at best on a championship team something like that so a really good player but not somebody that you're banking your you know hopes and dreams for the future on
1: yeah you have to pay a premium for the rights to steal that player away since the other team is the right for the matching rights and if you're a great player um that team's not gonna let you walk the only way that you would be able to walk is of course with the qualifying offer and that really hasn't happened except for Greg Monroe, and that didn't. I mean, it turned out okay for him, although he's
0: not he really sucks. doing
1: very much. He yeah, sucks.
0: Yeah, so we're we're just pouring dirt on graves left and right here. Is Greg Monroe signed by a team right now? I don't. I don't think he is. Uh, did, you
3: know, didn't he play for like every team but the Knicks in the Atlantic last year? I'm that pretty sure. About right. Yeah, I think he, he was on.
0: Wasn't he on the Sixers
3: last?
1: Yeah, he yeah, he was.
3: Because he was, he was getting minutes. Like what, Embiid sat that one game. And I think Monroe started at center.
1: But the year before, he was not the Celtics and Raptors. And then he was also with the Nets for a minute.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was this past season.
1: Yeah, might have been.
0: Um, Well, thankfully, we don't have to talk um, about whether the Knicks should offer Greg Monroe a contract. Because they tried to do that once, and he turned them the fuck down. Uh, That was fun. Um, But, uh, uh, Drew, you made a list of 25 guys. Um, We are kind of going to save the best for well the mo- let's say this we're going to save the most the three most interesting for last I think that that's probably the better way to put it um we're not going to go through every one of these guys um but I think that there are some names that we should at least consider so let's start with this should we yeah let's do this let's start with some of the non knicks guys because we want to talk about Dots and we want to talk about Trier but I'm going to throw some names out Did you just
3: say Trier
0: that's his dude, his mom confirmed it with me on this podcast.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that uh of course I listened to that episode. How could I forget? <laughs> you
0: you know, Can I kick you off the show before we even start talking about the topic? I'd love to hear that. Oh <laughs> uh, God, you're such a dick. Um, okay. Um I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out a name to start with. And really, fuck you. Um and and if we wanna and we could go in any direction from there. Um and this is the name that I want to start with. Dejounte Murray. Um, does, uh, and I'll open the floor up to, to you guys. Does anybody have any strong feelings one way or the other about Dejounte Murray?
3: I don't want to fucking sign him at all. Okay. Why? Why? I don't believe in us being able to develop the parts of his game that need to be developed for him to be a starting point guard on a title team. And I think that he needs like – like I just don't believe in his jumper. And if he became a good jump shooter in S- San Antonio, that wouldn't surprise me since they have what? Chip Englund who's like the gu- – like he's like the goat fucking shooting coach. Um, whereas we have Keith Smart uh, who hit a jump shot once in a national championship game in college.
0: That qualifies him. He's, he's
3: uh, yeah, I just I just don't like – and it's, I, I, for me, it's really as simple as this. It's like we're just we keep going on this merry-go-round with point guards, and it's like, look, man, you got two guys. Maybe they don't turn into anything, but I know that you'll never be able to develop one if you never actually commit to developing one. So you know, I I just am very much against putting more. Like we've spent enough capital on point guards, in my opinion. You know, we used a lottery pick on Frank. Now, no matter how you feel about him, like. That generally or you know usually NBA teams when they spend a lottery pick on you uh, are invested or should be invested in developing you uh, we don 't know how that works with the Knicks, but uh you know whatever, and then we also turned k p part of the return was getting Dennis Smith jr, who presumably uh you know he definitely fits the bill of what Scott Perry pretty transparently uh, looks for in rebuild mode anyway of like lottery pedigree and you know all that kind of stuff. So I just like, let's just try these guys out and hang out with Alfred Payton and whatever. I just don't really want to fuck around with Dejounte Murray, and I worry about San Antonio guys who leave San Antonio, other than like Kawhi Leonard, who was,
0: you know. Well, he's an obviously he, yeah, yeah. An exception to the it's just a
3: totally just a totally different player. Um, that's it. That's my. That's my. I'm gonna get off my soapbox now.
0: Okay. No, it, it was a good. It was a good time to get up on it. I mean, I guess the only the, the you know, we all heard the buzz that the Spurs were super excited about him, um, in camp last year before he tore his ACL. Um, I think I saw videos of him like playing pickup as far back as May of this year. So I mean, he's gonna be healthy for all we know. He could start over White, even though White obviously was on you know Team USA this summer and. Um, was kind of a revelation last year. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a possibility that Murray comes out and, like, demolishes the league this year and actually shows a little bit of range. But um, if that was the case, I, I can't, like, falls under the category of a guy that, um, A, is probably not going to want to leave, and B, would probably be um, too expensive to poach because San Antonio um, would ostensibly want to want to keep him. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's he's just
1: I know he's healthy. I mean, we'll get off on him in a second. I know he's yeah. going to be healthy going into the year, but San Antonio is also going to limit his usage as best they can, and maybe it ramps up by the time he's, you know, a free agent, or if there was a trade, hypothetically speaking, of course. But yeah, I agree. I don't. I there's a lot to his game. It's a lot to enjoy. I think a lot of people love the idea of Dejounte Murray, and then you know, it kind of goes with Frank in terms of it's like. Well, he shot worse than Frank did from behind the three. The you know his second year, but I don't know if people are who love Dejounte Murray and he just hate or just purely hate Frank are ready for that conversation. But yeah, I I, I agree, and I think a lot of it is San Antonio just does a great job of having system players, and you know they they can be serviceable guys, but we've kind of been burned with offering decent sized contracts to players who maybe just like shouldn't be in the position that we want them to be in. Maybe they're just not as good. So I'm, I agree.
0: Um, I think, yeah, I don't think we need to talk about him anymore. Um, another name that I don't think is going to require that long of a conversation, but is an interesting name um, at the very least, is Dario Saric. Uh, for those who uh, forget, Dario uh, was traded in the middle of last year to Minnesota, and then he was traded on draft night to Phoenix. Uh, one would think that uh, Phoenix would not... Uh, trade for a guy who is a year away from restricted free agency unless they uh, were intent on keeping him. But then again, this is the Suns. We've seen them do uh, silly shit before. Um, You mean like
2: trade for Dario Saric? Well,
0: how how about finish with the second-worst record in the league and uh, essentially end up with a guy who most people had ranked as like the 30th best prospect in the draft? Yeah, that's that's a Suns thing to do also. Um, I... Drew, uh do you have any feelings one way or the other on Dario Saric?
2: I mean, the Knicks already have just so many fours on their roster, like that can't, you know. Did <laughs> <you know,
3: laughs> the Knicks signing all the power forwards.
2: <laughs> I know, like they have so many power forwards, so like why <laughs> would they sign another one? That's just really stupid. It's like how do they how are they all gonna fit and play with each other on the court?
0: I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> I love you. Um do you like anything about? I mean, let's put it this way. He's okay, just,
2: in all seriousness, though, I actually do like Dario Sarge as a player.
0: He's a good player. Oh. I don't I love you know, Saric. I just don't
2: actually. In all seriousness, though, I don't really know how he would fit necessarily with the Knicks. I think he would probably have to come off the bench because he he's like Randall in a way, where like he's good with the ball. He could pass. He can. He well, Randall can't shoot. Like Saric can like shoot shoot a little bit. Like they don't really play defense that well. Like they kind of play the same position so like you would have to bring him in and then you would kind of have divvy up minutes between like him randall and mitch it can get a little complicated so but he's a good player though like i, I like i would never be mad adding so, him on the team
3: the, the funny thing with sarich and it's funny you bring up randall because like if i knew that we could like move randall to the bench and he'd be cool i think sarich would be a way better fit as a starter um That's just because I just like – i I've always really liked Saric when we had um, the tall Latvian fellow. Uh, Saric was always somebody that I really – like I thought he would be a fun player to pair him with. I Defensively, um, yeah, he's not amazing, but I,
0: I – He's like do, decent. He's fine. Yeah, he he's he, decent. He,
3: it's like this happens with all f- fucking Euros where they all get labeled as like soft or bad defenders. Oh, no. And then you'll like watch a bunch of them play and you're like, I mean, for, I mean, look, for some of these guys, obviously it's true, but that's the case with any player ever. Like they're all players, they're like, you, you go through enough, a bunch of them are soft and weak and bad defenders. Um, I don't think that's like the the label Europeans get generally speaking is very fair. Um that said, I just I I, I just the way he plays, it's like he just kind of really he's one of those guys that to me, I think when I watch him play, he, like, makes lineups work well, even if he's not necessarily the fulcrum of the lineup offensively. Um, so, like, you know, um, obviously when he was in Philly, Embiid or Simmons would be, you know, the fulcrum of those lineups. But Saric is a guy that plays well with a star and he'll move the ball. He makes quick decisions. He can shoot pretty well from three. Um he can have an impact on the game without having the game have to be run through him, which I think is generally what you want from like, you know, your fourth or fifth best starter. And he's really good in that role. Um, but you know, I would I want to trade for him. Do I want to try and overpay to get him in free agency? Probably not. I think he's somebody that you let somebody else, like you would let. Hopefully, Phoenix negotiate a decent contract with him, and then. Uh you know, try to trade for him later down the line, maybe if you're still interested, like if you know Knox isn't pan out or uh none of these you know Randall necessarily isn't fitting how you want, maybe then you worry about trading for somebody like Saric but um, yeah, I really like him. I just you know it it hasn't really worked out where it makes sense for us to trade for him at this time
0: uh jeremy any anything particularly exciting for you about Dario Sarge
1: no I mean it's feel like you guys did a pretty good job of covering it. I was curious as to if the Knicks would try to poach him when he was still on Philly because of their contract situation. Yeah, yeah. But that was obviously before they traded for Jimmy Butler and for Tobias Harris. Things are very different now, and he's not even on the team. I agree. I, he's not a player that you can very easily steal away, and if you were to trade for him, Phoenix would want... They, I mean, they wouldn't want 10 cents on the dollar. They would want... A much larger amount, and I just don't as as much as I do like Sarich, I agree, he is type player. You can just I think other guys play better when he's in the lineup, and he doesn't really need the balls. You were saying, Schwinn. Um it's just not really worth the capital at this point in time.
0: It it he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that this particular front office uh would go after the only the only thing that he's such a
3: spur man he's such a oh no yeah he's he's
0: he's he's destined to be a member of the spurs or the jazz or you know one of those types of teams I guess the thing that caught my interest uh I uh saw something on Twitter this week that like DeAndre Ayton at his charity event I guess was talking about how much he (laughs) is excited to play to play the four this year I think you commented on that one Schwinn that guy um, is such a fucking idiot. I mean, like, but look, what I, a
3: horrible pick! Like that's just—he's well, so stupid, and a whole, such a fucking.
0: We got a whole podcast pick. on on that pick and and <laughs> how they could have gone a different direction with their franchise. But Aiton's there, and apparently he wants to play some four. Um, it should be noted that Dario Saric, even though he fits the profile in terms of just how like his size, like literally his size of someone who would switch between the four and the five. He's hardly played any five over the course of his career. Now, part of that is because every game that he's played thus far has been in the same lineup as uh, either Joel Embiid or or Carl Anthony Towns, who are are pretty good centers in their own right. Or or Taj Gibson. Or Taj Gibson, who is obviously immaculate. Um, Who's a four. Who is a was a f it is a fourth. Oh
3: right, definitely.
0: There you go. He's not, he's not a center. He's a power uh, forward. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> That's what it says on whatever spot So he must be. Um. So I don't know. It, it something about him interests me, and like if the Knicks did make him a big offer, I would almost be thrilled just because, like I said before, he's not the type of guy that the Knicks would typically go after. And uh, you know, I'm all for expanding your horizons. Um. Another guy that I don't foresee the Knicks going after, but who we should at least mention, um, regardless of what you guys think about him, because he's going to be talked about a lot this year, and is possibly a sneaky <laughs> sneaky trade candidate, is Damanis Sabonis. Um, I'm going to open the floor to you guys on uh, Domas, as he's known, but before I do, I want to give you a little stat. Um, let's see, I want to make sure I get this right. So, over the course of NBA history... Um, Guys who are in an age 22 season or under um, that played over 1,500 minutes and got 20 rebounds, or twenty points and 12 rebounds per 36. So 20 and 12 over 36, at least 1,500 minutes age 22 or younger. Uh, that list is as follows. Uh, Kareem, Hakim, Shaq, Bob McAdoo, Walt Bellamy, Kevin Love, Boogie Cousins, Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Uh, John Drew, two-time All-Star John Drew, um, and uh, Sabonis. He's an offensive machine. He's an odd fit in the game today because he's not good enough defensively to play center. But, God, he is good on the offensive end. Uh, Jeremy, let's start with you. you have any thoughts on on Domas?
1: I feel like you get Domas just to play four games against Anis (laughs) Kanter.
0: And and it's worth the contract on there. I'll never forget. the way that he...
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, the way that he absolutely barbecued him is incredible. Um, Yeah, you know, I I like Domas. I think he fits in pretty decently in Indiana, although it'll be really interesting because if they don't play him and Miles Turner together, they're going they to. Wanna... They're going to start them right. together
0: this year. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, I, you know, I know that going big at the four and the five is coming back a little bit more, which I'm fine with. It's just a matter of if they fit, and I don't, I don't really know how they do. Um, I mean, yeah, you no, know, he's he's at least a good passer. He certainly inherited that trait. Um, yes, I just I don't think it's worth the Knicks going after him. I think he's definitely a, a viable option for a lot of teams and players. Also, interestingly enough, uh, apparently he's a lefty, which I feel like the Knicks are have a ton of lefties on the team. Um, we to have thirty now. Think so, right?
3: Randall, RJ, and uh, what's his name? Iggy. Is there anybody else? I think that's it. Yeah. I don't follow anyways, this stuff really I, as
2: much as you guys. I'm just well, gonna say. Mitch is a lefty when he blocks shots. That's true.
1: That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I do like Thomas. I just, <laughs> I just don't see it as a fit here.
0: Uh, Drew, Schwinn, anything on Thomas? Is this, I, I mean, I think he profiles as someone who is going, whether it's from Indiana or someplace else, uh, someone who's going to get like $15 million a year at least in free agency. Um, I, I I just Mitch is not I mean, I know we love seeing the videos of Mitch, or hearing about like Mitch shooting threes. I, I, I just don't see that being a part of his game for years and you know, Sabonis is, is really not shooting the three that much anymore. I don't know. I don't see it as a fit, but I just thought we should we should mention him. Either of you guys have yeah. anything? I want him
2: on the team. Maxim.
3: Maxim. <laughs> yeah. Maxim. I yeah, he's another one I I if we still had the if we saw the Latvian fellow, I'd be all about trying to get Doma, but... I um, fucking love Sabonis. He's so yeah. good. Oh, he's so much he, fun to watch. I think he's... I actually think he's better than Miles Turner. Um, oh, yeah, me too. He's not better by, than Miles Turner. Yeah, and not by, like, an insignificant margin. I think he's way better. But, um, yeah, I just... It, it doesn't make any... If They're not going to trade Mitch, and they shouldn't, obviously, trade Mitch. Um, so then you're like, how do you play those two together? Can you play if, if he can't play with Miles Turner, he sure as hell can't play with Mitch. Uh, pretty He can great. play with
2: Mitch. No, no, he can play with Mitch. I,
0: with with RJ, you know, figuring in. Well, here's the thing. Like, well, here's the thing.
2: Miles Turner sucks, and Mitch is good. So, like, there's that aspect of it. So, like, they can play with each, just, each other. If they're, if just players. talking
0: about the spacing, I think it might get a little a little cramped. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: I have faith in I have faith in them.
0: So just
1: just financially speaking, the paces are at it seems to be around hundred and four million dollars next year. I don't know, I feel like if a team like the Hawks wanted a center, they could very easily throw out a huge offer because they have so much cap space that, you know, it it's perfectly viable that's for them.
3: A, that's a if, good if, a
0: bonus team. If,
3: if if Danny Ainge ever, you know, gets off his ass and decides that, you know, maybe he didn't draft fifteen fucking All Stars, um, he should try to trade Jalen Brown's whack ass for for uh, for
0: Sabonis, well, isn't but that probably the, that's isn't that like kind of a fake trade that's been bandied about of of I mean, it's, over the summer it,
2: just, it just it's the most happen. obvious one, it, the one makes obvious, the most sense.
3: it should happen because both teams could like you, like you know the the Pacers could always use a little bit more athleticism on the wing and then uh, I know that they have Ennis Cantor, um, which. Uh, funny enough, as Matthew Miranda posted out or pointed out on an art in an article this week on posting and toasting, rhymes with penis cancer. Uh, <laughs> he is probably not the long term solution at starting center.
0: Oh, so. uh, he's not. Um, Hold on, so, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, sorry. Uh, yeah,
1: I've heard I've heard that, and I've heard anus cancer. I like penis cancer better. I like that.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm gonna go with Anus. Um that, that <laughs> I mean, could be taken nice. out of context. Uh continue please.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I mean that just I just feel like both those teams would probably be they're they're probably both like kind of, you know, posturing right now, like, no, no, we love this guy. Yeah, you know. It's I think it's it's weird. Teams are always so hesitant to make moves, um like kind of after the dead like after the dead period in free agency hits until, you know, what is it, December 15th, when players can kind of get traded again. Um, like, there's, a, they're always so hesitant to make moves, but that would be, you know, I think for both teams, that would be pretty smart to
1: do right now, but I don't I, think they will. Man, I just, they go from Kawhi to Sabonis. I mean,
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it would be smarter for the Pacers if they just traded Miles Turner, but they're not
1: going to do well, that. Well, especially no, with no, Goga. Gonna, I mean, yeah. I don't know, that kind of, to me, feels mm-hmm. like they're very, with Goga. Goga! Goga, Goga? Yeah, Trump I have no pick. idea who that is. Goga, their god.
0: He was—he's yeah. their uh, first-round draft pick this year. More importantly, uh, Nick fan and uh, our our fellow uh, guest of this show a few times, David Futternick runs the fake Goga Twitter account, um, and it's really fucking funny. <laughs> so that's
1: how you pronounce it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. Yes, Futternick. Um. So yeah, I. I I want to see a team at some point during his career run their offense through Sabonis, just because I want to see what it looks like, because I think it would be fun. Um, All right, let's move on from him, because the Knicks are—he's not going to be a Knick. Uh, Two guys who—look, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I watched all kinds of Nuggets basketball last year, because I certainly didn't. Um, But two interesting names um, when you consider where the league is and what the league uh, seems to uh, increasingly value— um, both nuggets, both wings, um, Torrey Craig and Malik Beasley, both are going to be restricted free agents, as is everybody who we're talking about. Um, Beasley's more of a shooting guard. Um, Torrey Craig is more of a small forward. I, I don't know that we can, I mean, has anybody watched a significant amount of either of these guys? Cause I certainly haven't. I, I was going to make a, a, a general question, which is like, can you take... Anything a guy like this does, kind of like a menial player on what is probably going to be a really, really, really good team that plays offense like a well-oiled machine and, like, take any of that and, like, how do you account for that even to even contemplate making we, an offer?
3: Do we have Nikola Jokic?
0: Um, let me, hold on. I have to check spoke track. Give me a second. Uh, Who's no
2: Corey
3: Craig? I've, I've never heard yeah. of him. Yeah, no, don't. No, we don't. I think a good rule of thumb that I would be starting to operate on if I'm looking at any player in Denver is I would like decrease two, three percent from all their shooting percentages because I think Jokic is just like a god, godly level passer that creates so much quality offense. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I think that guy's he's going to make a lot of dudes, a lot of money that they don't deserve. And I'm not saying Torrey Craig isn't a bad player. He actually, he had a crazy game. In the playoffs, I think, where he had, like, five or six threes or something in a quarter. I, I don't remember what it was. I remember why. I've, I've watched him, like, every now and then. He's always kind of played well. Um, but he's, like, he, he's the kind of guy that you pay for. And then after three months, you're like, oh, shit, I don't think he like, that's just a bad contract. Not necessarily that he's a bad player. It's just a bad contract.
1: Um, he's also 28.
3: Yeah, it's just, I just don't really get it with Craig. I get like Beasley. I see it more with, but even then, he's like he's more of a pure two to me. I don't really think he has the size to play three or even flex down. And like even if he did, that's that's just a position where we have enough. Um, It's like unless you're bringing in a you know a Beal or something like that, just a surefire star. I just I don't get the point of you know gambling on a on a two or a three really. Can can I add on to
0: that? Can we maybe? before going out and and spending on any guy like this and this is actually why I wanted to bring these guys up how about we just re-sign Damian Dotson which i we're going to get to well fuck it let's get to him right now like why don't we just re-sign the guy that has been here for 2 years is going to be here this year um, like it, it, can we do that is that is that on the is that in the cards
1: I feel like Damian Dotson it, I'm sorry, let me rephrase this. I feel like Malik Beasley is what we want Damian Dotson to be in a lot of ways, just at a younger age and a better shooter. Maybe Dotson is a little bit better defensively, but I I feel like if you're just saying like, oh, yeah, let's re-sign Dotson, it's pretty much because we're familiar with him and we know that he's been consistent here. But, but I isn't
0: there value in that? From, that's what I'm asking. Is, and I maybe,
1: but I don't, I don't know in to. the fact that, you know, I mean, like, Beasley's a really good – I agree with what you been saying in terms of Jokic gives these guys such great looks that it's hard to accurately assess how good they can be because Jokic just puts them in a position to succeed. But Beasley also was fantastic in spot-up shooting and catch-up shooting last uh, last, – catch-and-shoot last year. Um, It's the sort of thing where, again, like the time is ticking for Dotson. I don't – understand why the knicks should be re-signing him i mean you can make the same argument well why resign why sign beasley if you're gonna try to re-sign dotson or not but the the biggest thing for me is i see dotson thriving uh sort of similar to a role that doug mcdermott has where he's like an eighth maybe ninth man on a playoff team he like he's, he's a reliable rotation player it just it doesn't make sense where the knicks are at this point in time to focus on on paying a person like dotson and then but I think you could argue there's there's well, more of an incentive to sign Beasley than there is to sign Dotson.
3: Is is Dotson getting paid though? I feel like Beasley actually would require a legitimate salary, um, like
1: maybe I would say
3: most likely an eight-figure per year salary, um, whereas Dotson, I feel
1: like you can probably keep him for mad cheap. But uh, I think if the reason for that is you're paying for a better player.
3: Well, you are getting a better player. It's like more about the price point.
1: If you can get right.
3: dots, if Dotson stays for I, – I honestly don't think Dotson's going to get any interest at all next summer. Like he's just a – he hasn't done enough. Um, and unless he blows up this year, which I don't envision happening for a variety of reasons, I just don't see like who's out there that's driving up the price on Damian Dotson. Whereas Beasley, um, who I was – when I was talking – Previously, I was talking more about Tory Craig, who I don't believe in at all. Um, not at all, but I just don't think he's, you know, got any significant upside. Huh. Beasley is way more legit. Uh, he actually has a little bit – he is more off the dribble game too than Dotson. Um, but it's like I just – I don't – I mean to me, if we're being completely honest, I'm totally fine training Dotson. I think that I would be totally – Okay, with seeing floating out what a a dotson Trier package could net you, and we well, or sorry, Trier, Trier, Trier. Uh,
0: Thank you. (laughs) Um, Mama's gonna be happy.
3: Yeah, I I know that. I don't know. I I have my own thoughts about Trier, uh, but I just they're guys to me that you're gonna they're beating free. They're gonna be free agents next summer. Probably not gonna get a value on. Trier because he just has the kind of skill set that somebody will overpay for, hopefully it's not us um, and if already
0: with, did. yeah
3: exactly and and I think that if you were looking for two guys that can maybe bolster a playoff team's guard slash wing rotation a little bit, maybe give you a little scoring a little shooting, you know those are the kind of like that I think those two guys are if I'm like a I don't know a Portland who has jack shit really on the wing uh not enough depth well, in general they
0: they're, like, they're lacking depth i think at a, a, a little, they want a little bit more size they're, they're like yeah, yeah. the team I, that I had just, all, all the three fours now has none so yeah yeah i, I was just thinking
3: like i mean
0: no there are teams say, that would want them like utah
3: like utah or something like that like there are just teams that don't have enough depth on the guard guard and wing or enough shooting
0: that are How about golden state to,
3: yeah that that's another one sure why not i'm just saying like and like they don't have a first round pick to give us really um but it's like I think that maybe if you play your cards right, you can get something for those guys rather than choosing to keep them and then paying them and then who the hell knows what you do at that point or just letting them walk in free agency next summer. I, uh, I don't know. I, I I go back and forth on this, but I have been a pretty strong advocate in the p slack of slack uh, of packaging those guys together.
0: I'd be more of a fan of trading um... – Trier, and that's not because I don't think he is um, a, a, a potentially very valuable player. I just, um, I, I looking at how they're kind of building this team with R.J. Barrett seemingly, you know, as like a, a centerpiece, um, I don't know. I just, I don't know how I see Trier uh, fitting alongside him. But just, I don't know. I I, I I wanted to bring it up, and I guess it doesn't. Like I don't know what you what your contract offer is to like. Do you give Dotson, you know, seven million a year? Is that too Absolutely much? Absolutely not. Yeah. No, okay. So I knew you let, you let were the market. Say that. You let the market
1: dictate what his contract is, and if no one yeah. comes calling because you have the rights to match, um, then you just give him a lowball offer. I mean, he's not going to not take it, most likely. If he needs the work and no one else is really knocking uh, on his door, I, you're worth what you're owed. What I'm. Um, what, value you
0: guys I'm just I guess I'm, maybe I'm just higher on him than you guys I no I I, no, I, I quite not low. i like it's from, a, yeah. from I think what what Schwinn's
1: saying before in terms of like there's a price point that you have to meet and I don't know if Dotson's skill set exceeds a certain point where it's like like how how high do you go at Dotson I really don't think it's that high but, but there might be some team that just offers him Seven, eight million dollars.
3: Is and is, is should... Dotson is Dotson better than like Royce O'Neill? I don't think so. I don't think that's close.
0: I don't think we but that's I don't think we know yet. And I guess we're we're skewed maybe a little bit because oh. Dotson's older. Um which no, 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 is but, fair.
3: but we have a better idea with Royce O'Neill because we've seen him in like high leverage situations. We've seen yeah, he's the, performed.
0: Yeah. Great, right.
3: And so like that automatically but like how much is Royce O'Neal really gonna get on the market? Like yeah. maybe? Maybe five million max a year. I can't see a team that's gonna like unless he blows up this season. Maybe it happens. I don't know, but I just don't see a team that's gonna be like, man, we just really fucking need Royce O'Neal here. Uh, let's go for it. Especially because look at the teams that have cap space next summer. They're all shitty teams. Shitty teams do not generally go after like like make big big money offers for very basic three and D players. Um, and they just don't, and it's unless
0: like... they think they could be more than a three and D player, which I guess mm-hmm. is where I'm, I'm still coming back to on Dotson. You know, the, the pick and roll numbers uh, were nice last year. Show a little cr- creativeness. Still didn't finish at the rim as well as you would have liked to, or liked him to. I, I've taken a lot of, up a lot of issues about his defense, his off ball defense is atrocious. We've talked about this. I don't know. I just I, I want the revolving door to stop at some point but and maybe i'm he, just rushing to get it to stop with that and maybe this isn't the right guy for it to stop with but that's yeah, that's all i'm yeah, saying that's, that's, that's I'm all
3: i'm saying he's like he is not the guy that you are like no nope, we got to keep our guys I, I think you know like Daphne, that's fair Jr., frank like those kind of guys okay then you're you're really kind of figuring it out then but You know, I I I don't know. I I, if we kept Dotson, I wouldn't like lose sleep over it. But if we traded him, I would also be totally fine with that. And I think there's an argument to be made. It's prudent to trade him because, like, I mean, is he is he ever going to be as good as say like Wayne Ellington? I don't know. I mean, Wayne Ellington's like a crazy good just movement. Dotson hasn't been good enough at movement shooting for me to value him high. Like. He just thats he, supposed to be what he's good. Where he, he needs to be able to like literally sprint off screen. He
0: comes off screens pretty. I don't know. I think he got better at that not last like, year. Uh, well, nobody's like, uh, like Ellington or like Reddick. That, that's about it though. But like that's
3: what I'm saying. Like that. Would, like if he's not a great defender, he's not a great defender. Like you said, he's atrocious. You're right. He's
0: not. He's not anywhere near if a great then, defender. Right
3: then now. then he needs to offset that with like an elite shooting skill set, and no, he's you're not. Right. Have that.
1: Like, I think just... also, you can find a lot of these great shooters or good-to-great shooters in the second round. Historically speaking, they've mostly been second-round picks unless you're, like, in elite player. What the <laughs> f- <I> was... All <laughs> right, well, Alexa, too, listening... That was Alexa, and she just said, hmm, I don't know that one, and I have no idea why. You know what?
0: That, that's a 15 sign... Fifteen feet away. That, that's a sign that you guys are right and I'm wrong on Dotson. I, I'm going to bow out on that 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 sounded
3: That sounded like the, uh, the house in... Uh, uh, what is it? Ex Machina?
1: I was <laughs> legitimately concerned though because <laughs> no one else is home right now. One of my roommates is in Colorado and the other is upstate. So I <laughs> Damien Dotson's right.
0: in your closet. He's hiding. Yeah. So um, where, where are all your groupies? Mm,
1: I don't I don't like the idea of Damian
2: Dotson in a closet.
0: That is fair. Um on that <laughs> note, Drew, huh? you've been awfully quiet until then. Um, I'm going to turn to you. Who do you – two guys, uh, I think, unless I've missed anybody, uh, two guys that we're going to – we need to talk about before we get to the, the big three. Um, I'll let you pick which one we want to start with. Um, we, oh, Are we are we, are
3: we not talking – you want to talk about Trier real quick? You didn't really, should we talk about like, – Trier? I
0: mean, here's what I have to say about Trier. I am not – you could tell me he starts game one and he averages 15 points a game this year and plays 30 minutes a night. You could tell me he is out of the rotation – um, over the first several weeks of the season, I literally, I have no idea, um, and I don't know. Is there like what's the league doesn't believe in him yet? We think the Knicks believe in him because Fizz likes him. Like I don't know what else could we say about Tree? I don't know. That's
3: that's probably a good sign to trade him right there. What <laughs> if 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 Fiz, if Fizz values you as much as he valued Mudiay? It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's time to hit the highway, buddy. Um, um yeah, but, here, but here's the thing with truth though. Like, I just don't think he, he he talks like you see him all summer. He first of all, he, I, I got to say this. He does seem like an awesome teammate. Like, he's always like all up in these guys. You know, Twitter comments, IG comments. Like, he does do that. He, yeah, like he he definitely seems like he's all about uh you know the Knicks and the team and whatever. Like that's cool. I'm not don't like don't get don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way, but. You like look at the shit he says, and like he just carries himself like he's the man. Like, oh, he's see, a I star. like that. He's got a, swagger. Oh, I do like that. But like, but he plays like that too, and it's like you don't have the fucking game to play like that. Like, you know, I'm just to uh, our good our good friend, all of our very good friend, mutual friend, uh, James Marceda in our Slack. Mm, that's debatable. No, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Just a guy we know. <laughs> but he, he – we, we were talking about sure once and he was like – he plays – he's like he plays the game like he's James Harden and that's cool if you're James Harden because James Harden does a lot of shit um, and he produces at an all-time level. Trier doesn't produce at an all time level, and he's never going to produce at an all time level. Yeah, but you
0: need then, you need a guy like that. I mean, is it fair to say you do need a guy like that? You need the irrational confidence guy to borrow. Oh, okay, term. okay.
1: But but you don't overpay for that guy. No, and you don't. Overpay. Find it's an undrafted. Free, and I'm not saying they're dime a dozen. He's in like turns. found
3: money. He's right, found exactly. Money. Turn him like he is the exact kind of thing that you don't overvalue. Like you should be like, wow. What you should actually do is you should be like, well, we found this guy as an undrafted free agent, we should trust our scouts to unearth more guys like this. We should turn this guy into a pick or picks and look to draft an- another guy. And that, that guy we can actually have on a good contract, a team control contract for much longer. Um, and this goes back, like this. he's always had this problem of fitting in, like this is not, he's not young either. Like he's 23, you know, he's not. Don't 19, fit
0: out, Schwinn, fit not,
3: he, But This was a problem he had at Arizona. Um, where like he really struggled once they got Aiton and he was supposed to, you know, Aiton was obviously a way better prospect and somebody that you can run offense through and like potentially be an elite team at, the, at least at the college level. Um, like he had issues with that and he, we know that, you know, no names were named, but I think it's safe to say that certain vets on the team last year did not enjoy playing with him because well, Fizz just let him do whatever the fuck the he only, wanted.
0: The only time I saw the word uh, "toxic" used in, in association with the Knicks all of last year was in the Berman um, the Berman piece about Trier that came out. Well, that was after the season, right? Um, I was it. I don't remember. I,
3: I, I think it was actually after it was during the season, but after the trade. I think I want to say whatever it was,
0: um, and we could assume it was. It came from Hardaway. either Burke or Hardaway. I, I, well, whatever. It came from someone that was no longer on the team. We could we could agree with yeah. that.
1: And I, like, the, look, it's maybe, easy to maybe see we, why it would be Hardaway based on the fact that there was that confrontation, yeah. or I guess you would call it you know, interaction between the two. Kefum. But from my perspective, it's like, okay, maybe it's one game, maybe it's an accumulation of things that just boiled over, but I feel like if Tim fucking Hardaway Jr. is barking at you that you're not passing the ball, yeah. That's saying something.
3: Yeah. I mean it's I just I just like I mean, we have eyes. We all watched him play last year. Like, there are times, there are quarters, there were stretches where it was just, like, the Trier show. And I don't know. I mean, sometimes that was cool when he really had it going. But then there are other times you're like, dude, you are, like, making my eyes bleed with this shit, man. Like, I don't need mini Mello, who is never, like, not even close to as good as Mello was to justify that kind of play style. Like... I just can't I can't with this guy. It's not because say I don't want like one,
0: one two things in his, in his not in his defense but in the defense of the theoretical player that if he moves away from the from the uh, the everything you're talking about. One, he gets to the line at almost at will and that is uh, I for my money, I think it's the most—it's still an undervalued skill in the league, and he does it as well as anyone. And the guy was a 40% three-point shooter for most of last year. Tailed off a little bit at the end. If but you he get,
1: didn't shoot threes that much. That's a, sorry, I'll let you finish. No, this. no, no.
0: You're, he didn't shoot threes that much, and he's—obviously, he said he was going to work on that over the summer. Look, if you give me a guy who's a 40% shooter from deep and gets to the line as much as it seems like he will be able to do, I'm—I I will roll with that guy— through some more warts um, than I. But would. for
1: how much in a salary cap? Leave again, I when mean, you already th- lost six million dollars because of Joakim Noah. At what point I, do you say I, Alonzo Trier is worth six million dollars, seven million dollars? I don't. I don't know if it reaches that point. Who, who does Who does Trier make better? Like when he plays with a lineup,
3: who are you? Like, oh man, no, he's
0: he's Lou Williams. He, go, he yeah, he's no, out no, there. No, no, no.
3: He's like Lou Williams if Lou Williams was Back. 30, yeah like thirty percent forty percent less. Like, look, there's some things that I don't like. That's a
0: ceiling. Can't. I'll say it. it's yeah. a ceiling.
3: I, I will say this: like, there are some things that are not quantifiable. I can tell you one thing: when Lou Williams is playing like a Chuck, everybody that's on the floor with him loves it. They love it. They love playing with Lou Williams. Everybody loves playing with Lou Williams. He's a, you find me a guy that said a bad thing about Lou Williams. You won't find him. Trier does not have that impact, man. They were – like we know for a fact that guys on the team hated playing with him. Maybe not the young guys, but we know that there were guys that were like, dude, fuck this guy. I do not want to be on the floor with him. Like that's a problem. That is a problem that he had at Arizona. It's – he – I think it's – I think if he gets it, he's going to – he's either going to get it or not at some point in his career. Um,
0: we should note that like, Lou Williams did average over five assists a game – uh over both of the last two seasons which is something that I'm not sure I see Trier doing anytime soon. Even so, even
3: going back to his Philly days, uh Lou has just been a superior passer. No,
0: he's been he's been you're, look, you're you're 100% right. I'm just I am for both of these guys, for both Dotson and Trier. And again, it, I I can't even disassociate it fully from the original point that I made, which is like other or, and I'm not saying anything revolutionary here other organizations take imperfect players and then make them more perfect. And Whoa. it's some and again maybe it's not these two guys. But I, it, look, do you get what I'm saying? I'm, uh, uh,
3: I, I get what you're saying. This is mm-hmm. this is what I would say. I would not trade either of them right this minute. Um what I would do is see how they play over the year. If that's fine and and Trier did make like I've I noted it before, but he actually did if you break down a season, his catch and shoot threes did climb a bit. So he was like pulling the trigger quicker as soon as he caught it instead of catching it, waiting for the guy to close out on him, size him up, do his mini mellow thing and like put up a chuck shot like from fucking 18 feet or some shit. You know, he was getting better at that. It's like, can he make more progress doing that? Um, That's will he what I want to see. Yeah, will he be a better defender? I don't know. Will he just play? Like, I don't even care about assists. I don't care about assists. I think individual assists is – a very, very flawed Just,
0: just don't sex. take terrible shots. It,
3: or just just move the, the – make quick decisions yeah. because that's what it is. Like if he makes quick decisions, then all of a sudden the percentages that are like – that are so impressive just on the box score, then they start meaning more in terms of helping your team be better. Yeah. Um, and it's like that. can he do that? I don't think he can. But I'm, I want to find out this year. I would love – nothing more than to be horrifically wrong about um, his ability to grow. Uh, he's made a lot of right noises about it, too, right? I think he mentioned that like they told him that he needed to shoot more from three because it's yeah. like dude, you shoot forty percent from three, please stop hesitating. shoot the fucking rock
0: look if you if there's any opportunity for you to be horrifically wrong i'm I'm here for it um drew we haven't heard nearly enough from you um so we're gonna let's move on. I think I don't actually think these guys are gonna take well maybe one of them may take a little while um. You pick which one we want to talk about next. Uh, Bogey Bogdan Bogdanovich in Sacramento, or um, NBA champion Pascal Siakam for Toronto.
2: Wait, we don't want to talk about Denzel, Washi- uh, not Denzel Washington. <laughs> Denzel- oh, we can talk about Denzel. about I'm Denzel on.
0: Washington. How could I forget about him? Denzel Valentine, about- excuse me.
2: No, we can talk about Denzel Washington.
0: Um, no, I want to talk about Denzel Washington. He's a great actor.
2: What's, his, um, what's Denzel's best movie?
0: Um... His best or uh, favorite? We'll just go favorite. Um, are you, um, um, Jeremy? Are you old enough to watch most of Densville's movies? Or uh, I haven't
1: <laughs> heard that one
0: before. Yes. Yep. Uh, God, who? Uh, Shwin, do you have one off, on the tip of your tongue? I need to think about this for it's a sec. It's
3: Training Day. How is this
0: fucking like? That's
3: yeah. I know it's the
0: obvious. I'm. I. I'm sorry. I have to go with Philadelphia. It's. I. I like the movie.
3: That's such a lawyer, great lawyer pick. Way to, way to stay true to your original profession,
0: Macri. Ah, you know what, Schwinn? <laughs> I, got, I got two
2: for you right here. Uh, Jeremy? My favorite is John Q. Okay. okay.
3: Stop. Are you serious right now?
2: No, I just wanted to say John Q said. that movie ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have a lot of respect for you for putting yourself out there. Yeah, um, no, you have a big I'm a very John big Q fan. Big
3: fan. It's very much a soapbox movie.
1: <laughs>
0: Very
3: much. Give so
1: be some Roman J Israel Esquire. <laughs> I know you did
0: not. Oh my god. <laughs> that his that <made> <laughs> best All right, me, What
3: was the flight? Was pretty good. He was pretty fun in that. But I mean,
2: that's
0: not like a great movie or anything. Good drunk. Like the, uh, good drunk. Then what was it? The, the tranquilizer.
2: The equalizer.
3: The equalizer. Oh, <laughs> book of Book of Eli is like not good, but I love that movie. Uh, yeah,
0: I would that see that if I thought it would Is it? Will it be worth my whatever two hours?
3: No. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's fine. Shut up, Drew.
0: <laughs> All right. Drew, it. we're not talking about Denzel Washington or Denzel Valentine anymore. Right. Uh, I was gonna say I, I love
1: Fences for what it's worth. His performance in Fences. Movies, whatever, but I mean it's the fair. play's great.
2: Um Drew, well, we gotta talk one. about uh we gotta talk about Pascal Siakam now, right? Because okay. we're gonna we're heading into the uh the bigger names. I don't care enough about Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like I didn't even care about Trier and Dalton, they're on the Knicks. I couldn't care less than.
0: Well, I, I do want to track. talk about bogey, but let's fine. Let's let's talk about Siakam. So I think it's well. Let me ask you this: Is there any chance that, um, again, whether it's Toronto or whoever the Knicks, is there any chance that the next contract that, actually, let me rephrase that: Is there any chance that if Siakam is playing for another team next year, that's not the Raptors, that he is playing for something under a max contract?
2: Oh no, he's getting a max contract and I would max him right now if I had the chance to. He's really good and I just love the type of player he is. He's he's the legitimate two way player. He learned how to dribble, finally. So like he can actually like do things with the ball. He can defend pretty much all the positions. He he's great. Like he's legitimately a great player. He's like he's clearly was the what would you say? He's like the second or third best player on that championship team? Like you can actually Yeah like he was he was legitimately like the third best player on a championship team
3: yeah. he sunned Draymond in the final yeah, so like actually happened yeah.
2: Yeah. so I'm very pro Pascal <laughs> I'm very pro maxing him I, I want Pascal Siakam as no, much it, as
3: possible here, here's here's the here's the question for all three of you who is better who is actually drives winning more Pascal Siakam or our our former friend Christoph Porzingis?
1: wow pa- Siakam, it's obvious. Yeah, the guy who's actually made a playoff yeah. appearance, for one, and done well in his own series. Jeremy, you like Siakam? Season. Yeah, no, I would absolutely max him as well. And especially based on where the Knicks are, financially speaking, you can afford to overpay a young player like that. Even if he's your second or third best player on a championship team, he does all the little things that put you in a position to win. I don't think it's an overpay. I think it's, it's no. good value. I here, well, I mean, for like twenty nine million dollars a year, I don't know, but so, I would still do it. It's just that's what the market value will be. So here's
3: here's uh, I had a bunch of tweets about him today actually because I read this. I don't know if you guys saw this ridiculous espionation article that was like, should the Raptors keep him? Like, is he worth the max? Should they consider trading him if they're rebuilding? It's like why why would you trade him if you're rebuilding anyway? Uh, so in the playoffs, you either tank or you don't. That's, yeah. That's in the NBA finals, Pascal Siakam averaged he averaged 27.5, 3.5 on fifty and a half percent shooting from the field. Um, fifteen
2: or what'd you say for the first thing? I thought he said fifteen oh, and a half. I'm like, that's not
3: good. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not Russell Westbrook. Um, <laughs> he, in the playoffs overall, he averaged nineteen seven and three on forty seven percent from the field, fifty four true shooting.
0: Uh, he, I, but we should note he that played, he was only and he played against
3: his he... main opponents were Jonathan Isaac, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Draymond Green. Yeah. Like I don't think you can have a tougher run of front court defenders and defense. I mean even Orlando for a, a a low seed they were an elite defense last year. They were... Um and then and it was Philly and then it was Milwaukee and then it was the Warriors. It's like you know if you're going to ever battle test a guy that's that's about as battle test as you could be and you know like the guy showed out in game six the closeout game he had 26 10 and 3 um and he gets steals he gets blocks like he's not he's not just a good defender he's an impact defender like he is one that makes i like to talk about them as events like he makes events happen on defense um and i don't know i just to me he's a no-brainer max i really don't get what the hesitation is like I, i guess i do get it it's like well, is he better Can he be the third best can he be more than the third best player in a championship team? It's like I don't know, but guess what you generally max guys that are capable of being the third best player in a championship team right. um,
0: if if in no. theory they uh, feel by the end of this year that RJ Barrett will develop at some point into a guy who could be whether it's the not the best player but like the leader on a championship team if not it's like leading scorer or like most um, con, you know the conventional like shot creator guy. The, and you're going to have R.J. at, you know, whatever he's going to be making for the next three years, it makes it more um, allowable, I guess you'd say, uh, to do that. And, like, who knows? If you get those two guys and you start to craft some, like, funky thing, like, who knows what the ceiling is. I get my my only – it's not a concern. It's just a, a question. If Ujiri thought for a second come February that there was a chance that he was not going to match – um, a max offer for Siakam, he would he would trade him at that point. Like we could agree on that, right? Maybe.
3: I but Masai is smart. Like he's gonna. I, I just can't imagine him not being willing to. He he's. I'm no, sure he's I I don't. I'm not right
0: disagreeing. Down. I'm just saying yeah. if he makes the decision that this guy is for whatever reason, and I don't think he would make the decision, but if he does make the decision, this guy isn't worth the max. He's gonna trade him. Like I, I don't I. I don't see any... That would just make any other... It wouldn't make sense to me for him not to do that.
3: I agree.
1: Yeah. yeah, He's going to get value one way or another. So are you trying to say, would you trade for
2: Siakam? That's basically
0: what I'm getting to, and I don't know that the Knicks would realistically be able to slash want to put together the package that it would take to get him um, over some of these you know teams out there that have um you know just like coffers and coffers of of draft assets look we don't i personally i think it, i agree with you guys i think he's a max i think he is i think it's gamesmanship showmanship whatever you want to say that they have not um like that it's they haven't offered it already um maybe they do maybe they agree to it before the deadline who knows i think they have until october 15th 17th something like that um so there's still time but whatever i i, I I don't think there's any disagreement. If the Knicks could get Siakam and all you have to do is pay him the max, I think you you pay him the max. Um, all right, before we talk about the last three guys, which are going to be um, our cue to transition over to the posting and toasting show, can we just have a very quick conversation about Bogdan Bogdanovich? And I, I'll start it because I I love Bogey and I am the ever optimistic Knicks fan and and. The Glass is, um, as many know, uh, generally half full for me or more than half full. And one of the things that has genuinely made me upset is, like, I just don't see any possibility that they would ever consider a player like this because of, like, they seem to just be going in a very particular direction about with certain types of players. And it makes me a little sad that, like, he doesn't fit into that mold and thus he is not a guy that I'm probably going to ever be able to root for. Um, Anybody, did, any thoughts on that from any of you guys?
2: I'll root for them, because I'll root for the Kings at West. I like that team. They're making so, the playoffs. So you think so? Yeah, did I back myself into that corner, win last, epi- last episode of our show?
0: So who's who's out? The Spurs, the Blazers, the... No, who L-
2: Lakers. I had the Lakers. <laughs> and the Spurs. <laughs> and, the and the Spurs. Spurs. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so you like Bogey. Um, what... Give me a number. Would you pay him $15 million a year?
3: Four sixty. Sure, I'd probably do that. Yeah,
0: I would do like, four sixty.
3: Yeah, but, like, I don't – again, he's just – I like his – I love his skill set, actually. But it's, like – he's, what, he's 27, I think? 28. 28. So you're basically – most likely you're getting two prime years and two, like – I don't want to say, like, decline, but not quite prime years. Uh, okay,
2: it's post-prime. You'll get, yeah. you'll get two prime and then two post-prime where he's still
1: really good, good
2: but not
3: like what he was. So.
1: I'm sorry. By 28, I mean the first season he that he would be, be with the Knicks would yeah, be 28. He'd be 20. Right, oh. right. Got gotcha. you.
3: Yeah, I, it's just I really like him. And here's the thing though. I think I was – I'm pretty sure Sacramento has this weird thing where like they can't offer him more than like 451 or something like that. So, But they have matching rights. But like so they also he's a restricted
0: free agent. Heald. I was, I was, yeah, I looked that up.
3: But like they're gonna have to pay Buddy Heald,
0: which we're gonna get so, to him.
3: Yeah, and so he's probably gettable on a reasonable contract. Um, it's like kind of yeah, you could probably get him on a pretty decent contract. I don't think you have to go crazy to overpay for him to pry him away from Sacramento. But there's always a chance that some team like look, the cat, he can really shoot it. And if there's anything we know, it's that. You know, prime age shooters get paid in this league, mm. and you know there are enough teams that have cap space next summer um, that could probably use plus shooting. You know, like I just will—will will you actually be able to get them for four sixty, or is somebody going to pony up and just risk like maybe three sixty or four eighty or something like that? I I think somebody will, so I don't know. I would be okay with. 345, 460, something like that, but um, I'm not particularly, like, he he would not be a priority target for
0: me. Here's why I think he's interesting, and then we could could move on after this. Um, The Kings seem set on um, playing Bagley at the four um, more often than not, and it would seem that they are going to start him at the four this year. Um, which means the guy that they just paid a uh, hundred and – what the what the hell did they pay Barnes? Nine, a lot of – too nine, much money. Nine much figures money. of monies, many, many monies, is going to start at the three. Um, and obviously, Heald and Fox are, are going to start at the backcourt. So you have Bogdanovich, who I I, I mean – I. I Watched the game that he what did he get? I know it's FIBA, but he got 28 points against. Um, was it the US? Yeah, I think it was the US, right? I'm fairly. sure. I scared. don't know. Whatever he had, a, he FIBA. had a 28 point game in a. I it was. I'm pretty sure it was against the US when Serbia beat them in the one the, of the consolation games. Whatever it is, I've I've actually I was, I'm sure some of you guys have a lot of the Kings over the last few years. I love this kid's game. If there yeah. were. Ever a team that I thought the Knicks could A maybe get the better of a trade with and B might actually like pull off a trade with because of Perry's obviously prior relationship with them and we saw them do the tra- the draft day swap. I think it's the Kings. And it's just it's interesting to me that like this guy's gonna be a six man, it looks like, and maybe his ceiling is a whole lot higher than that. I don't know what that trade would be, but I I just – I wish I believed that he was the type of player that they would go after. And I just – I can't get myself over that hump. Um, Jeremy, anything else on on Bogey before we move on?
1: Yeah, well, in terms of that trade, I think it would – I mean, you obviously would need some sort of matching salary, which isn't that hard to do. He's making
0: $9 million a year.
1: Right. I think a big thing you would do is you'd probably throw in one, if not both, of the Hornets picks. I think that Sacramento would love those picks. Um, because, again, they didn't have their first round pick this past year. And so asset accumulation is the name of the game for them, and I could see them, as you're both saying, or as you're all saying, with not wanting to pay Bogey and with Healed. I don't know. It, this might seem lazy, and if it does, I apologize. But uh, he reminds me sort of like of a, of a light version of what I envisioned uh, Luca eventually being, but, but not to that extent. Like, I, I don't see Bogey... Being, I, I see Luca being far better than what Bogey is right now and what he has been. But that sort of thing, where it's like, just a really crafty player who can shoot really well, feeds mm-hmm. his teammates, and just just plays hard. And I isn't, really like that. Go isn't
3: ahead. isn't Bogey like? I think he's the kind of guy that, uh, a meh to like bad, kind of like a, a team that doesn't really not a genuine contender. He's, like, the kind of guy they pay um, and then trade to a contender and he, like, becomes a critical bench player that helps him win a championship. Like, he, he, he'll, like, eventually find his way to a contender and then we will get, like, the credit he deserves. But on a team – like, if we're paying him right, you're kind of paying him to be probably – I don't know, like your third or fourth option, something like that. I don't, you Like you would kind of run your offense through him at times. And I'm not sure that he's good enough in that role that it would work out. Like I, I don't know how to – he just seems like the kind of player that is good but won't find his ideal role on a contender until like he gets paid and then gets traded somewhere.
0: Here's my think, offer. Here's my offer. It, it, it's it's gonna be, Trier, um, some salary filler. The Dallas, the both Dallas picks, and both Hornets picks.
1: That's too much to me. What
0: the, are you? That is insane. Hello? Both
1: Dallas picks, both uh, two. What? What? Yes. Four, right, so four top thirty-one picks, most likely for the
0: rights to have
1: <laughs> four years and $51 million matching for rights. For the rights
0: to have restricted free agency oh. rights to Bogdan Bogdanovich.
1: So uh, basically, you could I use hope- those picks in a trade down the line potentially for someone like Carl uh, Anthony. No,
0: and just – hold on. Uh, I just, I
3: just
1: I, want I you to know that basically – I'm not saying do it be- for Towns, but it's well, just that, that's a boatload. Have
3: just traded KP and Willie for – Bogdanovich and Dennis Smith Jr. That that was the trade.
0: Yeah, when you put I'm it like that, mad. it doesn't sound as impressive.
2: Yeah, you're smoking more crack than bubbles, like right now. With that <laughs> like, what is that? I mean,
0: incre- I'm incredibly high on um, Bogdanovich, I, which is why I wanted to talk I about love him. incredibly yeah. high on crack. <laughs> <laughs> those those two things are one in the same. i look the Dal- the first the the second Dallas pick is top ten protected. Um, the Dallas pick that we're going to get in the twenty one draft, which is a, a by all accounts, a really, really good draft. I would it. It's unprotected, so I am. I agree with you. There's a whole lot of risk in just dealing away that pick. Um, but I, maybe not both. Okay, maybe not both picks. But I don't know. I would. I would really. I just. He's a guy that I so badly want to be. Nick, and again, like I said at the beginning, I don't, I just don't think it's it's going to happen because I don't think they're going to go after him. I just don't think he's that their type of guy, and I wish he was.
1: So you allow, to allow me like, to live out more, my dream. Yeah, I just I mean, like off the top of my head, something like Morris Trier and the two the two Hornets picks for Bogdanovich is like something I'd be more comfortable with. And with, you'd need you know? you'd
0: need to take back you need to take back some additional salary, and I um whatever the Kings have, it's not good. much.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe it's um, Trevor Ariza's contract, for example, right? Yeah, is like he's he non-guaranteed for his second year? Yeah, uh,
0: yeah.
3: Even if he I wasn't, I think I that's think fine. Because you're like, yeah. you're just trading. You're basically, you'd be, even if he's not, let's just say it's a, I know it's not a fully guaranteed year, but let's just say it is. Like, you would essentially be eating that to get Bogdanovich, right? Yeah. So it's like, that's fine. It's not that big of a deal. All
0: right. We have we have to, I, I'm, I'm going to put down the pipe, um, and we're going to move on. So, uh, actually, no. This is going to be so. This is going to be the end of uh, the episode on the Knicks Film School podcast, and now we're going to transition over to the rest of this, which you are now going to be able to hear on the Posting and Toasting Show.